Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When I go to Sacramento, I will pump up Sacramento. Sacramento, 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 Sacramento. Turner Sparks just got married and has moved home to America after 12 years living in China. Sir Michael Ira Kaplan has two kids, a wife, a job, and has spent his entire life in the USA. Neither one can figure their country out. This is Lost in America. All right, everybody, welcome to Lost in America, episode 38. My name's Turner Sparks. My name's Kaplan. Kaplan. We're stressed out Kaplan. How y'all doing? Stressed out Kaplan. His kids are lost. <laughs> kids are lost. Not my fault. <laughs> you can find me at Turner B. Sparks on Twitter. You can find Kaplan at Cap in America. Our guest today is William Childress. William is a comedian. He lives in Atlanta now, but he was living... Uh, we started together in China seven years ago, and then he ended up being the first guy... He moved to Burma and right after it opened up and became the first comedian first comedian in Burma, the guy to start comedy in Burma. The Turner Sparks of Burma. The Turner Sparks of Burma, baby. Or the Jackie Robinson of... No, Turner Sparks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Works better. So we're going to talk to him in a minute first. Yeah, what's up? My hair, baby. Your hair. Everyone's talking about your hair. Oh, yeah. Everyone's talking about my hair. Because here's the thing. It looks uh, it looks good today. Well, it's growing in fine, it's right? I in, shaved yeah. it. I did, I did what I was supposed to do. I shaved it. We got it all the way down. I buzzed it. You buzzed and it. And then we got all that hate mail coming in a couple <laughs> weeks hate. ago. All that hate. The post, blowing up the post office. From around the world, yeah. And then... I said I made a deal. I said if you write in to our um, iTunes, if you leave a review in iTunes, right, it has to be a five star review. But if you say that my hair sucks, if enough people do that, I'll shave it again. No, who? How many people did it? Uh, I would guess based on our listenership, a thousand. Zero. Oh, okay. Zero people cared. Oh. Just those three squeaky wheels out in Asia. Oh, those Asian squeaky wheels. Exactly. I think they're not Asians. <laughs> they're people who live there. Well. But they're complaining. The majority, the silent majority, does not care. <laughs> silent so I'm keeping the hair where it is. Yeah. No matter how much money they can, those three people could spend millions of dollars in their hate mail campaign against you. We're, you're not changing your position. Exactly. You're, and. Yeah. Here's one more thing I want to get to before Amazon.com. Yeah. They're our new sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> right? Go to lostinamericapod.com, click on the Amazon banner, and then do all your shopping as regular. A percentage of what you spend will come back to us. And Cap, here's something I want to rec- here's something I want to propose. Yes. I'm all yours. I would say the biggest spender of the month gets a free ad from us. All right. It's the biggest spender. Hear that, Dr. Bob Kaplan? So Dr. Bob Kaplan. Yeah. First, we have to make sure we can track the spenders. Yes. All right. Let's uh, let's take that off. But Uh, might as well start spending now, just in case. Whoever you click on the click on the banner, go to your shopping. Whoever does the most each month, we'll give you a free ad. You can tell. Send us script. We'll read whatever you want. 
Yeah, as long as it's uh, anybody, right? If, if like the KKK, anybody buys lots of stuff. Anybody, <laughs> anybody. We're careful. just, I'm just, yeah, I'm just trying We're to free speech zone here. Just if trying to make a dollar out of money. Fifteen yes. cents. Okay. I don't care. If where Amazon it will take their money. We'll take their their ad. Is what you're saying? Exactly. Yeah. All right. And can if, I make an announcement? If the KKK needs new hoods, yeah. If they, go, if they click, need new hoods, click through our Amazon page. Yeah. That's do they have hoods on Amazon? Have we looked? Oh, <laughs> I'm not uh, sure. Uh, they got everything. New controversy. Jeff Bezos. <laughs> you damn. <laughs> Yeah, what do you got, Kat? This stress I'm under, I feel like I'm having a heart attack, so I want to apologize to the um, audience if I'm bad this episode, but I'm going to tell you this right now. I'm going to schedule a doctor's appointment. I've been putting it off forever. For what? Get checked out. I haven't been checked out in years. Wait, what? That has, this has because let's back up. The reason why you're stressed out, your kids are lost right now. I just got a call from the school, so I'm. But I'm. But I'm. It's putting a note that my I'm feeling a little uh, like I might have like a heart attack. So oh, okay. So I just want to apologize to the audience and let them know I'm going to get checked out. And it reminds me, I'm 39. Well, I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna get checked out soon because you know what happens at 40? What? That's when they give you the prostate. Oh! So I gotta get this done soon. I gotta stop putting it off. That's what it reminded me. So I'm very excited. Well, let me say Turning this, Turning a negative into a positive here. Thoughts and prayers. Thank you. Thank Thoughts you. and young prayers man, are with man, you. you. Got a few years for that. <laughs> yeah. All right. They're with you. And uh, hopefully, I want to point out how big of a professional you are right yes. now. Your kids are lost somewhere <laughs> in the Manhattan, Brooklyn, Long. We Queens. don't know. I think they're Queens. The Queens. Hopefully. R- region. If anyone's seen lost, uh, seen coming to America, you know that that might not be the best neighborhood. <laughs> Go but to you're top. still going through. You're doing the pod, baby. I'm like George W. Bush. Got to see read uh, the reverse though. <laughs> it's actually the reverse. He's <laughs> like Bush on 9/11. Yes. But the keep reverse. Keep Reading the children's books. Except the children out here. (laughs) All right. Let's get to LIA. Let's get to Lost in America. Lost in America. Lost in America. It's, it gets better every yeah. week. What I do you got it. this week? What are, how are you lost? Okay, well, here's, I think this will, I, I want to bring this up later with our guest because he's a, he's a drinker as am I. But mm. I don't understand. Okay, so I got used to being abroad for 12 years drinking. I got used to pints, 16 ounces of beer. You order a beer, it comes in 16 ounces, baby. That's everywhere? In, in, everywhere in China? Everyone in no- China, everyone in Europe, everywhere. Oh. It's Australia, I believe. Yeah. You can. I don't know about Canada. Well, in Eastern Europe, though, they get the big, the big half liter or whatever they call things, the handle. Oh yeah, the Czech the Republic, Lutensteiken or something yeah, like, like that. It's like the the push. It's like the yeah. Those are thirty two. These are the the Jew killing push. The beer, beer things. <laughs> oh gosh, <laughs> those are that's my favorite. But that I'm okay. So that might be too much because sometimes you can't even hold those. Yeah. What I like is the pint. pint. Sixteen ounces. You throw down two or three pints. Still, you get home. Your wife goes, "Hey, how many beers do you have?" Ah, two or three. But guess right. what? You got forty eight ounces. Well, that's why it's better. That's why the See? Germans are smart with the big ones, though. Yeah. Oh, but that, then you say two or three, and it's like you had. Yeah, but you, when you're trying to lift up that ounces. big, huge German beer, you're sweating half of it out. It's too much of a workout. All right, sixteen's right. the so perfect. So what's your amount. problem? I don't. We have pints in America. No, everything's twelve ounces in America. What, what I gotta drink six beers just to get a buzz on. Well, that's a bottle. Yeah, but they don't have. There's no. There's draft you, beers or pints. No, they're, they're, they, we call them pints. They're still 12 ounces. We just say pints to make us sound more British. Are you sure about that? 100% sure. We got to get a bartender here to do a measurement. I'm, I'm 100% sure. sure. I think a pint is 16 ounces. But I here's, think you've been going to the wrong bars. You're 100% wrong. <laughs> I'm telling you you're wrong. Pints are, unless you're going to a specific like British pub or something. Otherwise, it's, it's 16 ounces. It's 12 ounces here, 16 ounces abroad. But here's where the big problem comes in. Yeah, give it to so me. So the beer, 16, 12, whatever. I'm trying to get past that. But then you go to the sodas. We try to make it back up on giving you a 38-ounce soda. And <laughs> I don't need – give me a 12-ounce. Who are you, Mike Bloomberg here? You don't even, you don't even get that reference. But who, yeah. I don't know who Mike – I don't know what you're talking about. But <laughs> the point is, if why don't we flip those to what the rest of the world does? Right. They, they have it right. You get a bigger beer. Right. Because if, if I'm going to gain weight, if I'm going to put on calories – I want it to be in beer, not in soda. What's the upside of soda? You just, oh. All you get is candy in your teeth. Well, you get a little caffeine boost, a little sugar boot rush. Yeah, but you can get that out of tea. You can get that out of anything. The beer, you get a little buzz going. You're watching the game. <laughs> I think the kids, Life's though. good. You know what we should to take it to take your Tell idea? Tell me how I'm wrong. No, I like your idea. Like places like Applebee's and all these chain restaurants. Yes, their big seller is free refills on soda. 
What Dude. if they switched it to free refills on beer? Now we're talking. Now that would be good for business. People yes. stop making fun of Applebee's. I get I'd be there every night. I agree. And I used to work and at a candy store, and they were telling me you got to sell everybody soda because soda, it's the it costs like three cents per per thirty two ounces. You get them hooked on the sh- it's a gateway drug. Yeah, but you yeah. can sell it for three dollars. Oh. So what I'm saying is it's evil across the board. All right. Well. So, I don't mind if so you also it, drink soda. I'm just saying that society, we need to flip the sizes. Let me ask you about China, since you're bringing up soda and the health thing. Because in America, there's a big push to get rid of soda, to slow it down. Can I stop you right there? I'm not bringing up a health thing. All right, I'm, I'm just saying I want to get drunk quicker. All right, okay. Well, I just <laughs> want to know, in China, is there like any push to like drink less soda? Or is soda just like, or no, is it on the rise? Soda's big, big, big cola. Soda's not a problem. There's no drink. There's no. I mean, it's not a problem. It's not good for you. Yeah, but no one's drinking. They don't even sell 32-ounce sodas anywhere. Like, the, a soda is 10 ounces or 12 ounces. Right, they got a can of pop. It's, yeah, a can. But, I mean, they still, still, so, dude, like, they don't blame it for, like, there's no obesity and all that stuff that we have here. No. Kids drinking too much soda. No, because they drink it sensibly and every once in a while. They're not drinking these massive they sodas. They drink a Coke every day, every meal, or... I mean, I guess there's prob- there probably are people who do, but over the co- no, over the course of like All most right. people do not. So, so we need. To, I think you should run for office under this platform. More beer, less soda. <laughs> More beer, less soda. Done. All right. And you know what? I also think you should go. What? You should get those. Go when you go to some bars. Look for the pint glasses that are really thin, and go up. Oh, I'm high. not buying that trick. I don't know how many ounces are in them, but they look better, so they make you drink faster, I think. Nah, okay. That's like... Get like a Carlsberg, a nice like... Yeah, the extreme of those are those uh, in Tijuana. They give you that one that's like... It's like a little like Seattle tower, you know? Yeah. yeah. And really, it's like 10 ounces of alcohol. It's a total scam, you're saying? It's like a... Yeah, it's, it's like... An from, illusion? Yeah, it's from Cabo, Wabo, whatever. And the other thing, the other scam is, is that a lot of these places that are like trendier, they have smaller, even smaller than 12 ounces. They have like an 8 ounce or like a 5... Because they want you to sample all the different... Because we're really into like micro brews here. No. So, you know, that's not a thing you do in China. Oh, macro, baby. Macro. You're a macro, yeah, man. I'm a macro. Budweiser. All American. Give me a Bud. Give me a Miller Lite. All right. Give me a high life. Give you all right. That's I, I like it. The, the the champagne of beers. Exactly. Possible future sponsor. There you go. You're out there. <laughs> hey, spend money through our Amazon link, and all we'll right. give it to you for free. All right. I'm not gonna take you to any breweries then. Okay. You're not gonna like it. I'm out. But should we get to? Oh, Ants? no. Before ends, we have a review that came in. Oh yeah. This it's is fresh. From- from the Evan Blass episode, okay, EV leaks. leaks a few weeks ago. Our, Ev leaks, as he's known, to all our tech friends out there. This is, oh, we were talking about soccer. I'm not sure how soccer came up, but somehow we were talking about soccer. So uh, one of our uh, listeners in India, I believe, right? Yeah, he wrote into us. Very simple, very quick review. Yeah, I can't tell if it's a thumbs up or a thumbs down, but yeah, it says a review. It's called football, not soccer, you dicks. Yes, I like it. <laughs> I like that he came out with that, because if he just said, it's football, not soccer, I'd be like, why would you waste the time to write that? But he wrote you dicks. I appreciate I, I appreciate that. Does that make us dicks? I guess it does. But. Yeah. We also got a, a letter from uh, a listener in New York. Uh-oh. Who was saying that your episode, when when you were lost in the phone booth and couldn't have to go piss. Yes. Has ruined the phone booth for him. He said he didn't have a cell phone and he had to use the phone booth and he started to go in and then the smell. All he smells is piss. <laughs> All he smells is your piss. That was me. So you've ruined it. You, you've sunk the phone booth industry. Well, I mean, you shouldn't. If you got, if you're in, if you're trying to find a phone booth in the in America, you're lost anyway. <laughs> you're pretty much. Down so there. Yeah, that's you your probably, fault. Yeah, you probably smell piss already. You just don't even know it. All right. Or Ents. Ents is an app. Ents is an app. You can get it in the app store. Wherever apps are found. Wherever you get your apps. Up to five-minute voice recordings or audio recordings, I should say, because you can do music, you can do interviews, you can do whatever you want, and you can put them straight onto Twitter, straight onto social media, immediately, one click. One click, and bam, it's whatever thoughts popped in your head just now, like that, I just enced it. I just enced that. Ents is an app, baby. It's an app. I'm going to ents my thoughts on my nanny being lost in New York and forgetting to pick my kids up. Sounds good. We should update that throughout the pod if it turns out yeah, they get Yeah, well, found. I'm going to ents a message right now to her where the kids are, what they've been moved to a different school, so... Fantastic. Ents is the best way to communicate. I like people. how your nanny's on ints. Of course she is. <laughs> Everybody's I on I make that ends. a job requirement. Everybody's Everyone's on, on ints in my family. All right, let's get to our guest. Let's William bring- Childress, I'm pumped to talk to him. Let's bring him on in. Come on in. <laughs> All right, we're back 
with our guest, William Childress. I had to look up your name right there. Yeah, hey guys. <laughs> hey. It's been a looking, while. No. This guy's a big shot now that he's in America. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't remember everyone he used How to you know. How you doing? I don't remember the little people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm good, man. I'm good. I am uh, just got into New York and, and uh, excited. You got in today. Yeah, I got in like three hours ago. First stop. Came straight to the pod. He told the cab driver at JFK, head straight to the end studios. They knew where to take you. Exactly, exactly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, the last time... I can't remember the last time we saw each other. Well, I guess in Burma? In Burma, yeah. Yeah, when I came out and did your show. Yeah, that was a lot of fun, except for the uh, you know, the issues that arose from that. Well, that was the show where I got... Uh, Drew Freilich and I, this other comedian, both came out and did it when William was running it. With uh, Ro, uh, Ro Campbell. Ro Campbell. Who's actually in New York right now also. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, nice. We're going to meet up tomorrow. Oh, oh sweet. Oh, get him on the pod. Yeah, get him on the pod. <laughs> well, uh, so we... Drew and I both got food poisoning... Mine turned into parasites that I had for 18 months. I had to go to like hospitals all around. The- it, did it turn into parasites or was it parasites when you started, ate it? I yeah. guess it was immediately <laughs> parasites. It doesn't like morph. But the good thing about the show was that Drew's parasites or whatever he had manifested immediately before the show. And uh, powerfully. And powerfully. So what, he just crap on the stage? Or like, uh, <laughs> William, there was a point during the show. We thought that he did. Oh. Yeah. I got to give him a ton of credit because he was in, he was immensely sick i mean he wasn't he showed up at the show right before it started yes and he goes on stage looks miserable really powers his way through it but he kind of started losing it just a little bit and at one point he just stopped yeah and like he went he stip, stops in the middle of the story and he goes uh-oh <laughs> and william <laughs> I think part of the william's match, right? hosting the show and i'm going on next so we're both in the back of the room and william turns to me and he's like I think he just shit his pants. <laughs> and he goes, should I go on stage and take over? And I, I looked and I was like, yeah. yeah. And we both 100% thought he did. Yeah, because he really, he stopped for a while. And, you know, Drew does a lot of things that maybe you don't you didn't see him coming. Or he's kind of messing with the crowd a little bit. But this seems so. That's like. It's straight, straight, like we were like, oh, he really, he really <laughs> yeah. messed, he messed his britches right a new there. kind of comedy. He I had this, like, deer like, in the headlights look. He's trying to bring a little Gigi Allen. And like, yeah. there was a real problem. And they don't teach you. You know, you've mentioned before how you learn. You learn on the fly how to run a comedy club, uh, like the light and all these things. And they don't oh, teach yeah. you what to do if a co- performer craps on the stage, do they? That is Nobody not. Tells you that. Steve Martin's, like, teaching a master class now on Facebook or something. I don't yeah. think that's part of his class. Uh, light me at seven. I'm going to poop at eight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then for me, it happened right at, like, five hours after that's the show. That's because you're a pro. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I do remember. Adrenaline. I remember talking to you after you had gotten back, and you're like, "Yeah, man, I'm really still sick." And yeah. This was before, like we knew that it was like it a, was a long term, yeah. like chronic. Yeah. Did you issues. guys eat the same thing? We I ate guess. the same thing. We all had the same kind of stuff. But you didn't get it. You know, no, what? but I live there. You know? uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure I probably. Right. I mean, I had some problems while I was there over the duration of my life there. Everybody does. Right. Who lives initiation? There. Well, later when I talked to a doctor, they said most likely it was water. It was see, like brushing our teeth. Yeah, see, I didn't think it was from what we ate because you know, two people got sick, two were fine. Mm. Yeah. And Roe didn't live there. I mean, he travels a lot, but, you know. Yeah. To me, yeah, that's what I told you all the time. I think I was trying to defend the restaurant we were eating at. Yeah. I was like, you yeah, it's probably there. something you guys did. <laughs> yeah, but it probably was because there was tons of – it was that place where you take, like – Tourists were all going there. Yeah, and stuff. you probably yeah. brush your teeth. You're cocky now. You've been living out there a long time. You're brushing your teeth with the water. Oh, we did. Yeah, we yeah, definitely yeah. did. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, so that was it. So you started the comedy scene in Myanmar slash Burma, the English language comedy scene. Because there was there's a tradition of Burmese comedy. Okay, and there's um, a group called the Mustache Brothers. That's what I wanted to ask you about. Yeah. So wait, to back up, <laughs> what year was it when you started there, when you went there? Uh, 2013. Okay. Early 2013. It had just opened up, uh, opened up for essentially for foreigners who weren't part of the UN or an NGO. Uh, it had just opened up like four months before I went over there. That's crazy. So wait, who were the Mustache Brothers? They were uh, three uh, Burmese comedians who I believe lived in Mandalay, and um, they did... I don't know how to describe properly the style of their comedy, but but a lot of it was allegories, and it was kind of subversive against the military junta a little bit. Really? And they ended up getting house arrest for a long time, um, and they all spent time in jail. Did they do it in a... Because I remember when I went there, there was like one option on a tour or something. You can go to their house. Yeah, they did it in a garage. Yeah, because they're right? still under house arrest, but you can go to their you house can still go see the comedy? and watch them do stand-up. Wow! Like, 
watch them. It's like three person crosstalk a little bit. Okay. That's yeah. What you need to do. So it's like a three man show. They sit. They yeah. stand there and they bounce stuff back and forth off of each other in Burmese. Yes. But well, for okay, but for the for the visiting guests, they would kind of do a little translation or they had a modified version of it. But you know, traditionally, always, it was in sure. their language. Yeah, and it has ties to. Uh, like local village festivals where people would kind of get up and dance and and do things. That's kind of it evolved into kind of a stand up. Yeah, that's their cool. particular form of it. Anyway. And before they were doing it in their garage, where were they doing it? I, I don't I don't know for sure. I probably around just I'd, like venues, different venues. Town? I know they probably came to. I'm sure they came to what was then Rangoon at some point. You know, yeah. Later renamed Yangon. Government the capital, them, right? Yeah, no longer, no, not anymore. It's not the capital. No, but when you visited, it wasn't the capital. They, the military there, the military government was so frightened of protest that they went to uh, like a number reader and was like, "Hey, pick a good point, like an astrologer. <laughs> like, what's a good place in the in the country to move a new capital?" Really? And they're like, "Yeah, here in the middle of nowhere," and they just did it. Oh. That does feel like a Trump move. <laughs> it's very Trump. Why yeah. did the government just unleash parasites on these enemies? Like, why are they messing around with house Yeah, just get them to brush their teeth with They've the water. Built yeah. immunity, man. What a crazy move by these guys, though. To because under that was a really authoritarian yeah. authoritarian government, and then to do comedy like yeah, absolutely subversive, making fun Definitely of the government. Not authoritarian enough. Oh, I mean, you guys are. Guys are hits, but yeah. well, eventually you, they got house arrest. Even if you really weren't doing anything seriously wrong, you're gonna get arrested there anyway. For before you got there, yeah. This is this was so. So the government transitioned to essentially what they used to say is that the military guys took off their uniforms and put on suits. I heard they're that. like, oh yeah, we're different now. Um, and so that that eventually transitioned into An San Suu Kyi, who. Um, Essentially leads the country now. Even that's though. the lady. Yeah, that's the lady. That's they made a movie about her and all did. that kind of stuff. Yeah, with Michelle so Yeoh. When you say they took off their, um, they took off their uniforms, and put on suits. Does that mean? Because I'd heard that like our government. I don't know if was it uh, Clinton or o- Obama or that that leaning whatever our mm-hmm. Democrat uh, wanted to make wanted to open up Burma for a long time. Yeah, that's been a pet project for a number of politicians. Okay. And I know that um, Hillary Clinton did a lot of work with the State Department to try to get that to happen. Was your brother on that or no? I don't know if he, I don't think he had anything to do with that. Okay. And so then that idea is that what the Burmese government decided to do is they realized they could get a lot of funding from the U.S. Tell me if I'm wrong. But they could get funding from the U.S. And so they're like, okay, you win. We're not the junta or however you pronounce it. Yeah. We're not, we're not this dictatorship anymore. We're going to drop our censorship. Mostly, but not all the way. But actually, it's still the same people in charge. They just and when you came, so they had been open for four months, and you were like, "Hey," because you'd been doing, we'd been doing comedy together yeah. in Shanghai, yeah. and then you, what was the comedy scene like when you got there? I know there had been some stuff at open mics, and some people had probably talked about doing shows. I didn't know of anything there before, you know, asking around and. uh one of the there's one main local bar at the time was where you guys came and performed. That's 50th Street Bar, and uh, where you and Drew uh, came and performed. There was another bar that opened up not long after that. That was kind of like the second biggest bar for expats. It's a little nicer, you know. It was uh, it was I forget the name of it, but it was a Union Bar. It was called Union Bar. It was on Strand Road, and um, they um, threw some friends of a friend that lived in. In Burma, they brought in uh, Andre King, who's a New Zealand comedian, to do a show, and they put me on that show. And that okay, was, so that was the first time you performed in Burma. Uh, other than open mics at an unair conditioned uh, art gallery, nice, like with no shoes on, okay, which is very unusual. Like if you get used to stand up, you know, some people, you know, some people say, "Oh, you can't wear shorts." You know, some people like to always wear a t-shirt on stage or a button-up. I've never met anybody who's like, oh, man, stand up barefoot. Oh, That's gosh. the way to go. And is that where – I think I, st- I remember a picture where the crowd was sitting. Yeah, that was it. Everybody sitting on the floor. Like Indian style or whatever you're supposed to say for Indian style pretzel, now. Pretzel legs. Pretzel legs. I learned <laughs> I like that. and yeah. yeah. they say pretzel legs. Um, and so how did you – That was wasn't idea? a comedy of Mike. That was, you know, that was a traditional 
open mic open mics. So oh, like, like somebody was playing a guitar. And yeah, stuff. there was you know there was somebody doing slam poetry, and then they had an Eagles cover band that went on after, <laughs> nice. and it was a big mix. <laughs> Eagles, were, yeah, it was, Eagles are huge in Asia. Oh, yeah. huge! Wow. Yeah, Hotel yeah. California. Uh, you'll hear that everywhere. It's like <laughs> summer camp over there. Like what's the? <laughs> yeah. All right. Um. Yeah, and then so then you just decided, well, if I want to get on stage, this is I have to start it myself. Yeah, I I uh, I worked for a French company. I got a lot of time off there, like something crazy like two or three months a year basically so i at the time i was just i would just take a couple days off and go to bangkok and do some shows or go to singapore and do some shows places that were easy to get to and i said this is great but you know i've got to have something here you know i gotta have something here and so you can work on material in the city you live in yeah for sure and what was the just because you're doing it in english yeah if you had to estimate how many english speakers uh, let's say so let's say foreigners, but then also we, we can get to locals. But yeah. how many English speakers were even there in the city? I would have to I would have to say less, significantly less than a thousand at the beginning. Wow. Uh, so think of a town of a thousand people in America trying to start an open mic there. The, yeah, it was probably a lot smaller than that. Probably in the hundreds. Everybody really kind of knew everybody because at this time, there weren't a lot of people like me who are working for uh, independent international companies. Yeah, it was a lot of people in NGOs and in um, uh, different government type stuff, UN things like that. The okay. embassies, like everybody knew everybody. And who did you who did you work for? You were... I worked for a, a French architecture firm okay. called Archetype. And you were yeah. building. What were you building? We were doing. Um, we did a lot of different things. Like we did a real high end uh, restaurant. Of course, it was there was like one really nice French restaurant in town. So. Okay. We got to work out the deal with them to build the new one. We were doing a lot of condos. This is what I want to ask about because it's fascinating. Um, when I moved to Suzhou in China in 2004, it was similar. There wasn't. There's was probably a thousand yeah. expats there at the time, and I love watching these towns that don't have any Western influence, don't have any foreigners, and then all of a sudden they do. And kind of like, yeah. what comes first? Is there usually it's like a school, and then maybe uh, a, one bar. <laughs> Or like, yeah. you, there's one bar, and you know everyone in the bar if you hang out there. Yeah, of course, yeah, that was 50th Street at at the beginning, and then the hotel bars, like uh, I, I like to go to what was the, uh, not the Strand Hotel that had a nice Friday night. You go to Strand Hotel for Friday nights. The rest of the time, you go to the Shangri La, the old Traders Hotel. And is it kind of because I went when, when I came out and hung out with you, we were there two or three days, and after like a day and a half, you go to a bar and you already know everyone. And then you yeah. go to the next bar, and it's all the same people from the last bar. Yeah, it, it gets it's really... fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you don't like the people. It gets, <laughs> yeah, I was there two years, and like it, it kind of reached... Uh, yeah. I don't know. But although, just in the two years that I was there, it really greatly expanded um, you know, the number of English speakers there and the number of uh, restaurants and bars catering to them. And it's kind of, but it is kind of cool to be at the ground level of this, like, society that's being built, almost. I mean, yeah. obviously there is a society there, but the expat culture of a society, it's that just was the very beginning. Yeah, the, I, I was kind of looking to advice before I made the move uh, to a friend of mine uh, named Lel. Lel uh, had worked in Shanghai for, like, 25 years um, as an architect. And I talked to him about it, and he said, hey, you know, when I moved here, there was nothing, you know, there were there were no foreigners here. In Shanghai. At all, yeah, like 25 years ago or so. Yeah. It was completely different, and he said it was a really cool adventure, and that, you know, that was that he would do it if it was, uh, yeah, if he was that age again and all that. He said, "Yeah, go do it." Yeah, and so what did you? So what was there when you got there in terms of stuff like that type of stuff set up? Well, sure. Well, the first thing I knew. So when I first moved there, it was the middle of monsoon season. Yeah. And they put me into a hotel for a month while I could go look for housing. Okay. And they were like, okay, we got your hotel for a month, but we'll take you out looking for places. I looked online. I knew about 50th Street. 50th that was Street really bar. it. Yeah. So at, at when... Place getting a lot of shouts. <laughs> I, look, it was the only place yeah. at the time. It was the same. There was a bar in my yeah. town called Pulp Fiction. Yeah. And that becomes like the embassy almost, right? Yeah. So that's what I did. At work would, after work, I would just hop in a taxi and it would take like an hour to get down there because the traffic is so miserable. Yeah. But yeah, I just hop in a taxi and go down there. And then from there, you're like, okay, three blocks over is another bar. You know, there's another bar being built right up the street. You know, these guys are doing a place. There's a good restaurant over here you should check out. You know, and um, it almost sounds like a gold mining, like what I would imagine in like the 1800s, like a yeah. gold mining town where there's everyone's out all day doing whatever they do. You know, 
looking for gold in the 1800s, but you know, whatever your job might be. <laughs> but then at night, everyone kind of conjugates to this one bar. Absolutely. Yeah. And like talks about whatever the hell they're doing. Yeah, sure. Has a duel. And there's no no one's sitting at home watching um, cable television or whatever because there's nothing, right? Yeah, there's it's Netflix very little. I mean, when I moved there, you know, a SIM card was fifteen hundred dollars for your phone. Wait, why? They didn't want poor people to have access to cell phones to coordinate anti-government protests and things uh, like that. Oh wow! So that when so that was like right when I moved, then it got dropped down to one hundred and fifty. You know, because it was a big deal for my company. Like, oh, we bought you a SIM card. So you they know? didn't have Wi-Fi at this Fifty Street bar. Uh, really terrible oh Wi-Fi. Oh, God. I'm never going there. There was one company that that uh, provided Wi-Fi. It was called Redlink, and it was your Wi-Fi receiver at your home was essentially on its own Wi-Fi. You didn't have any hardline, like, Ethernet cable to the wall. Yeah. You just plug in the power, and it gets a signal off of a tower oh, that, nice. that is just <laughs> for Internet. Yeah. Yeah. And if you weren't near a tower, then you're just sort of going to have really crappy internet. And didn't you say, <laughs> I remember. $300 you, a month. <laughs> you used to have some joke, or it was a story, but about how the government, your power would just get shut off at random times. Is that, is that right? Yeah. So sometimes when it got really bad was April, right before monsoon season, and right when uh, some of the, I guess, reservoirs and some of the hydroelectric stuff, when it got really dry and then none of that extra power was there. And there would be, oh, you'd go to somebody's apartment after going to a bar and be like, oh, power's out. Guess we're all going to light candles or, you know, go home, whatever. <laughs> but most places, most apartments had it was a generator. Some places it was because yeah. they just needed to conserve power. But um, no, it wasn't like because they didn't like what you were doing. No, like what, no nothing like that. But I mean, <laughs> sure. if you if you drive around, kind of the sound and the smell of a lot of the city used to be generators, just generators burning, you know, burning diesel or whatever they were, whatever they were running off of. Wow. Because you'd go down the street, there'd be a big-ass generator in front of every every building that could afford it, and you wouldn't want to live in an apartment that didn't have one. I mean, we had one, and if the security guard didn't fire it up in time after the power went out, you'd see everybody uh, in the apartments across from yours out on their balcony with their flashlights, like trying to flash the light at the security guard to wake him up. Nice. Because he's like sitting in a little chair out in front of the gate. It's, it's like, like a wake community up. project. Yeah, it's like, wake up and cut the power back on, man. It's hot. <laughs> yeah. And um, what about like people who move there with kids? What, where would their kids go to school? There, were, there was an international school. One of the earlier developments um, to like really meet international standards was like across the river, there's a big golf course uh, called Punlang Golf Course. And it had an international school at a pretty high standard. They've since built, you know, some of the big chains that we see yeah. in China are, are there now, too. Um, you know, but it, you go to this golf course, it's all really nice, you know, high-end housing, you know, that would kind of meet anybody's standard just about. And then, you know, they'd have a really nice uh, hospital out there in an international school. But a lot of people, they'd send their kids to Bangkok. They would fly to another country. It's a 45-minute flight. They'd have a place there. They'd fly like once a week and yeah. come back on the weekends or something? Or the kid would stay there with the wife and the nanny, and they'd go work you know, work in uh, Burma for a while and then go back. Wow. But, I mean, because I, I used options. to— Options. You got options there. Yeah. yeah. Your and kids may be in Bangkok right now, Kaplan. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm just saying, if, I, you know, if you, you can't get into the right school, people in New York, we take long commutes. People go all over the city to go to school, so boom. You're Bangkok. right. You could fly. What's 45 minutes? You fly to, like, North Carolina or something? Yeah. Put no. your kid in school? <laughs> Saving money. Go to, like, Bronx Science or something in New York. They could live in, They could take a two-hour commute every day, so, you know. Yeah. And Same. Did you... I remember that when, like this first bar I hung out in China, I just want to see if it was similar, but every person you met, every expat you met, was running, like, a different aspect of the local culture local like society so i mean like one guy would be like oh yeah i'm the principal at the school another guy's like oh i opened the cl like the clinic not the hospital but like, yeah. the clinic you know I've, i found some something kind of similar to that like what was really big at the time where uh, we're building the cell phone towers yeah so there was one company in burma uh that was building all these towers for for one of the cell phone companies and like literally every person that worked for them was like real deep south Mm -hmm. So we got along really well, but it's like, yeah, I'm from Kentucky. This guy's from South Carolina. Here's Pretty Boy from Tennessee. <laughs> you know, and they, they, they're building the cell phone towers to expand coverage all over the country. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and then there was, like, the French helicopter pilots and take people out to the oil uh, 
uh, whatever you call them, oil barges. Off, and off what coast. percentage of the people were there because of like humanitarian reasons versus the people who were like, I'm going to make a billion dollars. This thing just opened. Man, there were a couple people towards the, towards the end. We started getting like some some cool kids kind of. <laughs> <you know, laughs> what does that mean? Just like kind of hipstery like backpackers kind of like or like no we had plenty of backpackers i'm talking about like flash packers you know what does that mean that's the people the high-end backpacking right. <laughs> what? i never heard that. yeah i get it yeah. but i never heard the term glam packing yeah, i was yeah. gonna say yeah, when i was in mexico there was glamping they were like, yeah i'm going glamping like what there's these campsites yeah and they're like yeah it's like a high-end campsite oh it's like people yeah. who would read about in the New York Times, they'd read about Myanmar, yeah, and so or they, yeah. Like, yeah. Like they're backpacking, but they're staying at a place that's a couple hundred bucks a night or something right. like that. But they still kind of want to seem and dress and all that, like they're you Instagramming know, Instagramming all of their got yeah, pictures in it. There were various kind of tech centric uh, kind of startups towards the end, but the, you know, a lot of that was kind of too far ahead for the country. Yeah, it's still pretty. It's, it's still pretty new, right now. Yeah, they, they were trying to get. Uh, there was one that was trying to get everybody to, to like use a card for every transaction because that helped them record things and get basically it was just to mine data out of the people like okay. buying habits because everybody wants to know oh, this country just opened up what they kind do of crap it. do they want to buy yeah we got to find out yeah and the answer is like not a lot well like, the answer is they don't want to buy it with a card it's a cash only society for, for yeah. decades and there's not a lot of money right uh, no or is there now or no it's getting it's getting better but uh, you know um when a lot of the money started to come in, all that kind of went to the top couple families that ran, okay. you know, a lot of the major things. That's the fear with, like, Cuba and everything, right? Yeah, that's the way it's going to work. I mean, yeah. look at Russia when that opened up. Yeah. That hasn't worked out? <laughs> <laughs> it worked out for news. some people yeah. real well. Yeah. It's working out. <laughs> you know, and, um, and so then you started touring around Asia, mm -hmm. uh, kind of headlining different clubs around Asia. Yeah. And eventually made your way back to the U.S., mm -hmm. and you landed in um, Atlanta, correct? Yeah. Um, I had lived in Atlanta uh, years before, and there was a really well-regarded architecture firm um, called Portman Architects, John Portman and Associates. They were my friend Lel I talked about in Shanghai. Lel ran their Shanghai office, still does. And a lot of the buildings that we know from Shanghai, the Claw Building, uh, the West on the Bun, a lot of these people. These big, these, huge, these buildings. big huge skyscrapers. Yeah, like really high-end stuff, like the, the Ritz-Carlton, Shanghai Center. They were built by this company in Atlanta? Yeah. Oh, okay. They were the first company yeah. to go into China, like the, the first people to develop and design buildings there. Like the Portman Ritz-Carlton. It's the Portman Ritz-Carlton. Sure. They own it, too. Okay. So, um, so how was that for you, going from the society you just explained Back to like this Atlanta. Atlanta, Georgia, which is in the yeah. South. I don't know if it technically it feels like the South, but it, in its own way, it feels it, like a major it's city. It's its own South. It's like I the mean, LA it, of the South. I mean, it's like, I guess there's, <laughs> well, there's a lot of stuff filmed there right now. Yeah. But the, we'll see. There yeah. was an there was like an interstitial period. The first place I came back to in America was Greenwood, South Carolina. Okay, a town of like you know fifteen thousand people. Is that where you're from? Or? Yeah, that's okay. where I'm from. And you know that was just like all right. I just came halfway around the world. I hadn't really been home for an extended period of time in like six years or something. Is that how long you were out in Asia for? Six years? Yeah. Was yeah. The, was the town bar the same as 50th Street? I didn't go. Yeah. I never went. I didn't, no. <laughs> like, I like to go out to bars. I never went to a single one in Greenwood. I don't want to see anybody I went to high school with. Yeah. I don't want to, you know, I don't. I don't. I really don't want to see that. Night before Thanksgiving? You you didn't go <laughs> no. No, no, no. I thought about that too because I was there then. My parents had a little, uh, this nice little cabin on the lake. Yeah. And like, I was, I kind of like isolated myself out there. I think that's probably a smart move. I mean, for me, I came back to New York. Yeah. And so there's people from all over the world who live here. It's not that big of a jump from yeah. Shanghai or well, something. Well, well, well. Yeah. Remember the, this podcast was about, it was a huge jump. It's a huge, sorry, it's a huge jump. <laughs> it, I mean, it is, but not compared to what you're explaining. Yeah. Well, it, there are things that you, I, I I do some bits about it, but it is true. Like I'm much, I'm, I'm happy if if the power is on all the time. <laughs> I'm like, oh, look at all these TV channels. Yeah, you know, like oh, this internet's oh fat. My God. And I kind of hate myself for it because it's like none of this stuff matters. You know. No, but I'm with you. Yeah, when, but it's nice. When I used to come back to visit, 
the first thing I would do, I would spend like the whole first day just watching TV. Yeah. Just clicking yeah. through like Last in the AC. Just and- the <laughs> stupidest show that was on ESPN. I'd watch Stephen A. Smith <laughs> hot last take or whatever yeah. for like <laughs> last three times in a row. Whatever. That's called. truly like That's scraping the bottom of the barrel. Yeah. <laughs> Michelle Beadle or whatever her name is. Well, I didn't even have a TV uh in Myanmar at all. Okay. You know, I yeah, I watch stuff on my I would try to watch football. On my computer, which was horrible. Same. And um, especially with the speeds there, it was. But it that's was, why you would team? go out. Clemson. In oh, Clemson. college. Yeah, oh, yeah, cool, college, yeah, college first. Dabo, uh, baby. Yeah, yeah no. Yeah, finally. Years while you were, yeah. were you back for the title this year? Yes, I was. Oh. Yes, I was. I went to, I've been to a number of games the past couple of years. Not as many as I'd like to. And that's why, without the TV, though, that's why you would go out. That, that forces you sure. out of your house to <clears> meet yeah. people and hang out at the. The bar or whatever. Yeah, exactly. And now what forces me to go out is is running around trying to get spots around Atlanta. You yeah, know? now you're doing stand up in Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. So how do you how do you find the stand up down there? There's a ton of people. There's a lot of really talented people. There's a ton of shows. It was kind of tough going there though because it's like starting over. Yep. I had some connections because Tammy Emick, who we used to perform with in Shanghai, yep. she started in Atlanta. Yeah. And then Damon Sumner was out there for a while. He's he was in Atlanta. He's he's there now. He was, um, both of them, yeah, were from our Shanghai group. Yeah. So I remember you telling me when you first came back that you had to be way more careful about what you said who compared to in Asia. In Asia, you can kind of just like – People, they're – Sort yeah. of a free-for-all yeah. with political – like PC right, right, right. type. Yeah, I think I missed all these national discussions everybody was having apparently <laughs> that make everything kind of suck a little bit worse in some cases. But, but I had to get up to speed on – I'm not saying I was running around insulting people, sure. but it was you get up to speed on like kind of what is what well, the way to approach subjects and the way to approach different nationality things, things like that. Like for example, what? Oh, uh, that one person didn't even like the idea that I was a non-Asian person talking about Asia. Oh, which oh my that, gosh! <laughs> Wait, in the middle of your well, act, you mean? No, no afterwards. Oh, no, thank my, you. Yeah, I have had a woman like uh, a woman uh, tried to woman explain to me how to pronounce Myanmar during a set. <laughs> I was like, "Did you live there? Because I did." Like, well, how did she say it? That's the thing. She might have been right. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but how are you supposed to say it? I said it Myanmar, and she was like, "Myanmar." I was like, "No, I think." Eh, it's... Shut up! You live there. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if anyone correct you while you're there. Where? In Myanmar. Oh, no, they're just happy you were trying to say their name at all. Yeah. Like, so they're <laughs> talking. Yeah, like, oh, man, you care. You yeah. Know? Yeah, you're here. Yeah. And I think they should give all you comics when you come back from Asia, there should be a guide you should prepare, Turner. <laughs> things you can't say now. Uh, so I would so, yeah, <laughs> and then th- immediately burn it. Yeah, but it's things like that, and that's like the most egregious example of it, but it's also just, uh, you know, nobody's taking themselves too serious. Like, like if you told if i told certain jokes about china to a chinese person in china they'd love it they would love it and then you yeah. tell it here and a person who isn't chinese thinks they should be offended for chinese people 100%. and their hearts in the right place and i get it but also i'm not trying to make fun of chinese i love chinese people you know what i mean i love burmese people totally i'm not at all i would never want to well you sometimes know. you're just telling stories about yourself yeah. and they just happen to be taking place in those countries it's like yeah i i saw a guy with a sack full of empty bottles pooping in the bushes. Like, it happens. <laughs> it happens. That's not... Ooh. That could also know, happen that, here. And if you told, ha- It happens a lot in Atlanta. And if I told that Definitely story in... York. If yeah. I told that story in China, no one would come up to me like, whoa, 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 stop making fun of American yeah. people. I'm like, yeah. no, I'm just talking about some dude. Well, <laughs> you know the UN is coming after both you guys. They're about to make cultural appropriation illegal. Oh, I know. Yeah. I, did you hear that? Yeah, I saw <laughs> that. I don't know if they're going to, like, what are they going to do? Arrest Vanilla Ice or Eminem? <laughs> or what's, how does it start? Ska music? Like, I don't know. The fir- yeah, Vanilla you're Ice. The first one. Where do you begin? I, yeah, I know. You and your Chinese material. But, like, that's the his- that is culture. The history of culture is, in many ways, appropriation. It's, it's, well, it's the way mixing, it evolves right? and right. mixes and right. picks that's up one thing for another thing and all that. And, you know, all progress is, is come. From. I yeah. had someone say, Do we have to eliminate pasta now because they took that from China? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, Chinese what? people get everything back, is basically yeah, let's, how let's it see works. how much. Let's see how much times like that. Paper goes back to China. If you live in China, they invented everything. They're gonna go through Any, every, especially book. Fujian province, invented everything. We catch up. We <laughs> they, catch up. I remember I had a Chinese lady one time told me that they invented pizza. And I was like, oh, really? Then why don't they serve pizza in Chinese what? restaurants? And she was like, uh, good question. And then that was the end. <laughs> How come the pizza you get in China is so terrible? <laughs> but I did they, have. They wanted to. They just walked away. They proved they can do it. 
Yeah, anymore. just leave it. Sure, they drop the mic. On yeah, pizza. Drop, <laughs> drop the mic on pizza. I did have one lady here say to me early on that when she found out I was doing Mr. Softy, yeah. that it was uh, that what I was doing was forcing American culture. Oh my god! Onto like what? That's the opposite of appropriation. That's yeah, like, but you right. know what? They love it. They love it. I mean, yeah. like, you're like, a small like McDonald's. Like there's been a whole like you start with you. I had a yeah. couple ice cream trucks. Yeah, making anyone buy it. No, it's there. It's there. It's up to them if they want to buy it or you not. You go through every book that's ever been written by like a white guy or something, and like any character that was far, like just oh we'll take it out now. Yeah, you, exactly. you don't know anything about it. Like it, every every great comedy, you know. Yeah, exactly. It's, uh, but you know, and so st- and with ice cream. So have you cream. found that your uh, stand-up has changed since? You, have you been like more aware, or you've just have you figured out how to tell your oh, same yeah. stories but in a different way? Well, I I would say the biggest the biggest adjustments I had to make in terms of adjusting to Atlanta were were more about not relying as much on a knowledge of the regions from the audience. The you regions know? around Atlanta? No, the regions around Asia. Oh, you know, okay. Things like that. If I'm talking about those stories specifically. Sure, people aren't going to know. Right? Yeah, and then, well, I've also, uh, so you find relatable, uh, what you'd want to do, you find like relatable things that happen and stuff like that. And you know, I, I'm telling them my story of me being over there and all the stuff that happened, you know, and that way I don't have to be uh, definitively saying these people are like this or these, you know, or anything like that. Yeah, it's you- like, put yourself in my shoes of being over there and, this, Agree. You know. If you're telling a story, that story could happen anywhere. Yeah. It's just happening there, and then there's relatable aspects yeah, to it. Yeah, for sure. But I think what you said about the idea of missing the conversation yeah. while you were gone, that's something that is 100% I totally agree with. Yeah, I'm still trying to – because part of me just I, – I, I'm almost – I'm sick of people – talking about oh i'm tired of pc culture sure because now everything's gotten all scrambled up and screwed up with all the you know the the politics and the all well, right and all saying... the stuff that's happening now i was like i don't want to be anywhere near their side <laughs> right i'm saying like some of the pc culture is ridiculous right well, like i saw the evergreen washington the, that that's video, ridiculous like fuck all those people so yeah, like, can yeah, i say yeah. that like all those i hate all those people yeah. that's ridiculous I hate them. we've come after them before <laughs> yeah and no i was saying to Kaplan the other day that um the Trump side, the tr- or the has the the alt right has, has ruined the has comedy cultu- side. They've culturally appropriated my ability to, to say I hate PC. Yeah, <laughs> so that's, that's, that's exactly what I mean. Is that yeah, like you yeah. don't want to be on the side. It's like the enemy of my enemy. I'd much rather be on the PC people's the, side. <laughs> I think there, no. Well, well that's tricky. why our podcast is the first in the history of the world. It's the first ever alt middle podcast. Yeah. <laughs> we, is that party we, allowed in Myanmar? We hate everybody. <laughs> sure. Yeah. We'll, if we have to, we'll do it in a garage somewhere with yes. those. How yeah. House arrest Trump. Yeah, those three middle. guys. And yeah, we hit everybody. So you're doing um, a Kung Fu Comedy show tonight, which yep. is going to be last week. So should we say, hey, it was a great show. <laughs> it was an awesome show. <laughs> really, you killed, man. And really. it's awesome to have you back in town up in New York because, yeah, we started together, what, seven, six, seven years ago. Yeah. And to think we're here now with Joe Schaefer. Yeah. It's pretty nuts. I'm excited. That's you guys it. all came back. We all came back. We, we made it, baby. Hello. Yeah, and then like some of our friends that would, would were in the kind of the comedy scene in in Shanghai or around here too. Uh, yeah, like Audrey and Alex and Audrey's uh, Audrey Murray, who comes yeah. on the podcast sometimes. Yeah. By the way, congratulations to her. She just got a yeah, publishing deal with the uh, Harper Collins, I believe, or one of the big ones. Hopefully, she'll come on to promote it. But she might be too big for us. Yeah, she's over your big? heads now. You can't get Audrey on this podcast. <laughs> Audrey's too big. Yeah, so gonna blurb the book. It's cool. I mean, we yeah we started as complete hobbyists. <sighs> In a place where the idea of ever doing this, anything beyond that was almost impossible. I mean, oh yeah, like I remember the first time I ever went to Sujo to do a show. Yeah, I was just like, "Where this place is crazy." You know, I'm used to Shanghai, and now we're all the way out here. The bar was like as big as three of us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it the, was called the Drunken Clam. The Drunken Clam, based off of the uh, 50th Street Bar of <laughs> the Drunken Clam was is the bar on and the Family Simpsons. Guy. Yeah. Oh, the Family Guy. Yeah, right. Family I Guy. Guess. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. all right. Well, yeah, this is great. Uh, before we get to the news, what do you want to promote? Uh, let's see. I want to promote, I guess, my Twitter feed because that's going to have oh, yeah. whatever's coming up. I'm working on some stuff in Atlanta. I don't I hate to be that guy. I can't really talk about it now, yeah. but I might be getting my own show down there, just hosting something. Cool. Um, that'll be uh, pretty soon. But yeah, I'm, I'm uh, Hey It's Chili, H E Y I T S. And you're hilarious. I, I follow you all the time. I, it's, I, uh, I retweet stuff too much, but it's super yeah, funny. Thanks. And it's also the best place for Clemson football news. Yeah, that's right? the thing. Is like you're gonna get here some weird hey. news about Asia and some. I got some news for you. Stuff. Syracuse next year. We're coming to take the ACC crown from you, Clemson. Yeah. We got some. We got a three-star recruit we just signed today. Oh, We're man. coming. 
All right. No? You don't agree, Miami guy? I, I, I a three-star recruit. <laughs> so I can grow up. <laughs> All right. Let's get to it. Hey, it's Chili. Follow him on Twitter. Uh, William Jones. Let's get to the news. Welcome back. First, uh, wait, I, got, I got breaking news. Uh oh. Where's Ted? Is Teddy and Ruby? The nanny has texted me. She has the kids. Wow. She showed up. All right, congratulations. Probably, she has the kids. And she's turned the table. She's telling me I'm out of dishwashing stuff. Like she's complaining to me. She's complaining to you. Yeah, she's, she's just turned down the offensive. That's she a good move. That's a power move. See, that's power. Trump. Hey, look, I got the kids. <laughs> She's actually very co- politically conservative. I don't know if she likes That's Trump. What we do in yeah. Trump's well, America. No, yeah, but yeah. you, you, yeah, you, you uh, take the energy and put it back on. Yeah, them. I got the kids, and let's talk about your pantry, sir. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's is story number one. All right, what else we got. So they're not in Bangkok. They're, they're not in Bangkok. Charter school. Well, she didn't say if she took them to Bangkok or not, but yeah. They're All home. right. Well, first news story. Tattoos have taken over the United States of America. <laughs> All right. Three in ten Americans now have tattoos, and most just don't stop at one. Even among those without tattoos, findings indicate a broadening mainstream acceptance of tattoos in the United States. I don't have any tattoos. Near do I. You tattoos? Nope, none. Yeah, we could never go to, like, Vegas, to, like, the... The pool scene, any of those like cool places, because like every group's got tattoos, and I mean, me and my fr- none of my friends have tattoos. We're the biggest losers. We always stick out. No, but I disagree. I think tattoos are completely over. Yeah. I think. Listen, it started with sailors <laughs> and guys getting. I mean, the mom tattoo. I guess that's a sailor thing. All we got from the sailor tattoos was uh, was Christian Aldege. Popeye. It started with was, Popeye uh, had a tat. Sailors and prisoners. Those <laughs> yeah. are the originals, right? And yeah. if you're in a, and then it went to like motorcycle gangs, mm-hmm. and now it's like if you go to Cabo for a week, you get a everybody. Uh, yeah, a spring break tattoo on your ankle. It's tattoos have become Facebook. Like everyone's on it now. Yeah, everyone has it. But Time you're on Facebook. What? You're on Facebook. Yeah, no, but what I'm saying is no, everyone's no, it's mom like, is It's too. like parents be on Facebook. I remember yeah. my mom's uh, best friend, an, a grown adult lady, had a tattoo of a conch <laughs> shell on her stomach because she lived in Key West. I thought it was the coolest, like most <laughs> like, kind of like subversive badass thing ever when I was a child. It's over. That's why I'm saying what I keep saying for a million downloads. Caning is the new tattoo. <laughs> you gotta get caned in Singapore. Scars. Wait, baby. I want to get a tattoo that says caning is the new tattoo. And a That's it. And get a tattoo. Because I don't know, like, because well, remember, it used to be so dangerous, so like you might die of hepatitis if you got a tattoo. Yeah. But now it's so safe that now caning is the new thing you might die. Well, I gotta say, like, I like to say I would never get a tattoo because <laughs> of the Judaism aspect. Am I allowed? Even unless there's a rule, there's a stipulation in the Talmud says if you get five hundred thousand downloads, <laughs> yeah. it's like a loophole. The yeah. rabbis they argued about it. Rashi, or if anyway, it looks really badass. Yeah. but um, <laughs> yeah. I think I, and the, the truth is I can never get one because I'm so indecisive. I, could you even decide? Like, I can't decide at a restaurant what to get. At a store, I got to look at 17 pairs of sneakers. I can't decide. I got no. second pair of Exactly. But the things uh, that you permanent. like today, are they the same things you're going to like in five or ten years? Because no. there's been bands or something like, yeah, I'd love a tattoo of Hootie the Blowfish. They're my world oh. right now. Crack review? Come on. If yeah. I if I would have got a tattoo when I was 16, it would have said Mighty Mighty Boston. <laughs> <laughs> I like the same things I liked when I was 16, but still, I, I mean, it's like deciding between like getting the broccoli or the side of mashed potatoes I can't make it. So that was, it's, no. It's uh, over. It, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you get caned, plus the, the idea you have a tattoo. Is, no it, choices. They take the choice out. Tattoos used, yeah, and tattoos used to be a big story. It's like, yeah. oh, I did three years at Rikers, yeah. and this guy, you know, we stole a, a ballpoint pen, and now I have this. But <laughs> we stole a <laughs> You know, <laughs> all I got was this lousy tattoo. <laughs> yeah. But now, that, that, so that's the caning. It's taken over. So that's, that's first, ooh. Billion dollar idea. Billion dollar. Cue the music. Oh, billion dollar idea. This is a segment on the pod when we come up with it. We get hipsters here. We fly them to Singapore. We figure out what it takes to get caned once. Maybe you jaywalk or you spit gum out. Insult Lee Kuan Yew. Yeah, there you go. You get one caning and then you're good. All right. You come back to America. It's like a one of those fam trips. It's a, one of those trips. But if it happens too often, then caning won't be cool, and then you can't do that. So we it's don't wanna, like we the, don't want to jump the shark. It's like the hipster uh, birthright trip. <laughs> <laughs> you get to go to get caned. When is this? You're really going to Israel. is going to be cool. But yeah. Yeah. So, uh, all right. Well, good idea. Well, I don't know. We'll see how much money we make on that one. Next story. 
And this is our last story of the week. Yeah, you gotta get, I hear you got big meetings. He's today. got a hard out. He's got a hard out. Hard out. Own podcast. <laughs> hard out, baby. That's how you know I'm big time. Yeah. yeah. I'm bigger than Audrey Murray, baby. Oh, gauntlet throw. Hard out. Can't wait for the fan mail on that one. Cloud eggs have taken over brunch, uh, brunches in the United States of America. I mean, Do you know what these are? Brunches? Brunch? Yeah. <laughs> cloud brunches? eggs. Cloud Do they have eggs? brunch in Myanmar? Uh, cloud eggs. That was the story. That was had all the different Tom Hanks characters in it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's where you stuck on the island. Cloud Alice. Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't know. <laughs> Cloud eggs. It's it's a way of making Check eggs. Take that part out. So what'd you say? <laughs> so look, we can cut that part out. We'll so. cut that part? <laughs> Cloud Alice. Cloud eggs are sunny side up eggs. Really? But yeah, it is. But then what they do is they I don't know they somehow they whip the the white part of the egg the egg white. So that it looks like a cloud. The whole purpose of this is that so people take pictures and put it on their Instagram. Yeah, everything has to be Instagrammable now. Yeah, to promote the restaurant. Yeah. Um, but where? How do they serve them? Or it just doesn't matter. They serve them sunny. It looks like a sunny side. So up you egg. go into a restaurant. You could say like, I go into a diner, and I say, they say, how do you want your eggs? Uh, I say cloud, and then you say no. cloud. They like, say poached. You say cloud. Because anywhere I eat breakfast, they would like punch me in the face if I say yeah. cloud. Or like, so it's a cigarette in my eye. What it looks like, yeah, it looks like a sunny side up egg, but then like the the white part is like puffed up to look like a cloud, you know. So, Mm. what I'm just gonna say this: I don't like food trends. I hate the whole Instagram food culture, and I hate like I like basic things. But I support this. Why? Because eggs are really fucking easy to make. I make eggs every day. And I hate going for brunches, and you spend wait in line, and you spend like fifteen dollars, twenty dollars, and then it's like eggs. Yeah, that's what I would have eaten at home. But I like poached eggs. I always get poached eggs in them out because I don't know how to make poached eggs. You want them to put a little so sweat into it. So something that I don't know how to do. I don't know how to make cloud eggs. So yeah. something I can't do, I'm in. It's I a little sp- work. As long as there's no pork and there's any ham in the... I also... Okay, two. I have two things. First of all, brunch, unnecessary. We don't need a meal between breakfast <laughs> yeah. and lunch. Well, you better get used to that now that you're married and living in Brooklyn. You're going to be doing a lot of brunches. <laughs> you're right. Well, part of the, you're part of the brunch set. Yeah, that you are like me, key demo. Brings me to my next point. Who are the people? Number one demographic for brunch is white women, right? Or Asian women who are the new and white hammer, women, as we no. say. Uh, so gay men are into it. If cloud yeah. eggs are become popular, Peace. next billion dollar idea: <laughs> vegan cloud eggs. Please, like, oh, oh, uh, would an egg be vegan? <laughs> white chicks true. are vegans. White chicks love <laughs> brunch. No man, it's cauliflower. You do cauliflower cloud eggs. Boom! There you go. Yeah. How did, see, problem solver, right? I'm gonna do egg whites with. You do the egg cloud. white. Oh, no, that's not vegan. <laughs> no, you make it out of cauliflower. You whip the cauliflower. Whip the cauliflower. You whip cauliflower. Oh, yeah. that's, that's another thing since I moved back to America. Everybody's using cauliflower, yeah, cauliflower in, wa- in ways that aren't as good as what you're trying to replace it with. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, like cauliflower, buffalo wings. Cauliflower, cocaine. It's just not the same. <laughs> All right. I okay. snorted it. <laughs> cauliflower, cloud eggs. That's a bill. All right, you're in on that. That's I'm 33% in. of that down. idea. You, you just made yourself $333 million. Hell yeah. We'll get Good bl- job showing up today. We'll my empire blue- of eggs. <laughs> we'll get blue shirt to whip up a contract. I'll get my. We have all our guests signed on the way out. Yeah, our legal team. Yeah. Legal team will send it over. You all right. That's the podcast. William Childers. It's a good pod. That was great. But I don't that say so fun. myself. Thank you for doing it. Thanks for having me. Look him up. Hey, it's Chili on Twitter. Follow him. Tell him you heard him on the pod. All right. Yeah. Why not? And thank you to the little one school for holding my kids and not charging me, please. Thank you. Yes. God bless. Thoughts and prayers. See, thoughts and prayers went out. Now their kids are still alive. It works. All right. What are we going to do? Get lost. Get lost. Darling, don't you go and cut your hair. Do you think it's going to make him change? I'm just a boy with a new haircut. And that's a pretty nice haircut. Charge it like a puzzle.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.